serious news, seriously entertaining. This is the Gatos and Chad Show. Happy, happy, happy Friday. Sports with the Gatos and Chad Show is brought to you by Parker & Sons, Plumbing Electrical, two-time winner of the Better Business Bureau's Ethics Award. All right, just to let you know, the Dow closes its worst month since March of 2020, and that is, was COVID. Yeah, 9.3% drop. Oh. S&P is 25% down year to date. Yeah. 25% down year to date. Soak that up for a second, kids. If you don't if you're not retiring, don't. And if look. you were going to retire, you might don't not retire. <laughs> yeah. Worst month since COVID hit. Worst month since COVID hit. We'll get more into it uh, as the uh, show continues. Um, you and I love football. Absolutely. Uh, it was Thursday night football. Amazon Prime now is carrying it. You, you know, Al Michaels is doing the play-by-play. Herb Street, which yep. is still weird, listening to him not talk about yeah, Alabama or something. It's usually college. Something happened in that game yesterday. I don't know if I'm ever going to forget. Um, we know it's a violent game, uh, but there is a, a quarterback and his name is Tua Tunga Vailoa. Now, you might not know the name, but he's the Miami quarterback. Uh, and he's a lefty. And, and that's what kind of he's known for. He's one of the very few left-handed quarterbacks. I think he's the only one right now, right? Yeah, I think he is. Okay. He took a hit yesterday, and something happened uh, when he took that hit. And we're going to play you the, uh, the audio. But a week ago, he took a hit, got up. Not even a week ago. It was five to Gosh, six Gosh, you're right. Ago. It was Sunday. So last Sunday he took a hit, got up, and his and his legs went out from under him, and he fell to his knees, got back up. So they took him in protocol for the concussion. They said it wasn't a concussion. It was a back injury. They sent him back out there. And then four or five days later, he's starting another NFL game, and they takes launched, another hit. They launched on Sunday night an investigation into, because when you watch that hit over the weekend, he gets pushed down by one of the, was it the Ravens or whatever. He hit his head. He hit his head, and, and, and the wise man pointed something out. When he stood up, the first thing he did was kind of shake his head a little bit yeah, he was on Sunday. Woozy. And why... They already were investigating, hey, we think he was in the, why he should have been in their protocol. How is he back out there? And the reason we're talking about this is it's like, okay, here in America, we love this game. Yeah. We love. It's a religion. It is. We like the violence. But it comes to a point where you say, I don't think that guy should be on the field. Here was the hit last night. To a rolling left with the grain and down he goes. Slung down in his own 48-yard line. And, uh-oh, the training staff comes out as they work on him. And we'll show you in a moment the way his fingers yeah. were stretching out at the end of that play. Mike Ryan tells us it's a neurological response to head trauma. Yeah. So, I don't know how to explain his fingers, but... They all look like they were dislocated. They did. Because the first guy that runs to him, I think, wants to almost look like he wants to put his finger back in. Yeah, and when he hits it, I mean, you know, we when he hits the ground, it's almost we used to call this rigor mortising, where your body is completely stiff, and it looked like he was looking at his fingers because it was so close to his helmet. Yeah, it was, he was out, right? Yeah, oh, he was out. Yeah, yeah. All right, so this is the second distressing injury to a quarterback in four days, and it's an ugly moment 
for the NFL. So, you know, our show ends at 6. The game started yesterday at 5. So when I got home, they were talking about what had happened. And my wife is sitting there. We're looking at each other like, this sounds bad. Yeah. I mean, there are injuries. This one sounded really bad. And here's the crazy thing, Chad. Like, I hadn't seen the hit. I didn't see the close-up with the fingers, which, don't go look for it. But that's what I did. I wanted to see it. I went and looked for it. And where do you go look for stuff? Twitter. Yeah, I found it immediately. And then you see the fingers and stuff. And, like, part of me, and I don't know what happened before I got home. They wouldn't show it. They wouldn't show the fingers again. Uh, and And I was very thankful for that. Because I think, I don't know why we always show all these players breaking a bone. Or this poor guy gets hit last night again, and his fingers are just not right. It's it's just the most bizarre thing I've ever seen. And I'm glad they didn't show it. So I don't know what happened beforehand if they showed it over and over and over again. I hope they didn't. Um, but when I got home, I'm glad that the NFL at least didn't show it on TV. But here's the thing. If you're the NFL, and what have we talked about? We've talked about head injuries, how they're trying to keep these players healthy. How they're in the midst of lawsuit after lawsuit after lawsuit after lawsuit. There was a movie about this right. because they were hiding information over the fact that they knew CTE existed and their players were struggling with it. Right. There's a, a former football player played for the Bears, Jim McMahon, uh, and uh, uh, he won a, a Super Bowl in the 80s, 86, I think. And he, uh, I know that he walks into a room and doesn't remember why he walked in. So he goes back to the other room. Doesn't His short-term memory is gone. Yeah. Is gone. That's obviously from football. That's obviously from uh, concussions. But I think the question is, what are you supposed to do if you're the NFL with this problem? Because they've got... They've got this tent. Everybody sees it. You go to a Cardinals game, they get this big blue tent. If somebody goes into the tent, they're injured. And a lot of times, it's a head injury. And there's someone there who's a a neurologist. And a third person, non- you know, bias because back in the day, man, it was just it was just getting back on the field. We need him, right? right? And the guy, and, and by the way, if you know anything about athletes, uh, they want to go. They want to go back, so they'll say anything to get on the field. Well, now you've got the NFL saying, "All right, we're going to employ essentially neutral neurologists. They're going to come in and say, hey, uh, we're going to look at you.' Yeah, so that way, the it takes yeah. away the pressure." Because you, the doctor can't get yelled at by, you know, the coach saying, why did you put him on? Sorry, the guys upstairs pulled him out. Not me. Right. Doesn't have anything to do with the team. But that's the question people were asking about Sunday. Did they, they put him back in because it was a big game? Well, they put him back in it was a big game. Also, how much does the doctor, the team doctor, once it goes into protocol, have a say? I don't know if he has much of a say. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's the neurologist that is most likely hired by the NFL or an outside. So it's supposed to be third party. And it's supposed to be someone who has, you know, all the skill in the world. Uh, I can tell if you have a concussion, I'm going to put you through the protocol. And because they're trying to keep these players healthy uh, because we know what's happened in the past. Uh, I mean, some of these players uh, have killed themselves. Tua. You look at Tua, but you go look at Sayo. Like Junior Seau may be the biggest of all. There's, Junior Seau was um, a linebacker, right, yeah, for, for for USC, then the Chargers, Chargers. first ballot Hall of Famer. And he, he shot, himself. shot himself in the chest yeah. so they could take his brain. Right, and, and look at it. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, I'm a big wrestling fan, too, right? And so, you know, a lot of you say, well, it's fake. Well, yes, it's predetermined, but it doesn't mean these guys don't hit their head. 
right? There was I, one wrestler. I don't know about you, but if you're dro- if you're dropping thirty feet onto a table, that's right. not fake. It may be a fake story, but that hits real. This one wrestler many years ago, Chris Benoit, uh, he killed his family. Yeah, he killed his family, and then he killed himself. And they looked at his brain, and it was uh, they said it was the, the the brain of a ninety year old Alzheimer's patient. It was Swiss cheese, man. And, the, and he was in his forties. CTE until you're dead. You they can't, can't detect it. Right. I mean, you could look and say, you know, there's something uh, there. But, you know, and same thing they looked at with Aaron Hernandez. Right. When they went and looked at his brain, here's a guy who murdered people. Right. Did he murder people because of the concussion or did he murder people because he was evil? And they talked about the fact that he had had problems in high school and, and, and college with concussions. So the NFL is really under the microscope because, you know, this young man who plays for Miami uh, if you watch the, the the play last week where he gets up and falls back down, it's cringeworthy. When you see what happened last night, he didn't get up, and his hands went all they lift all his fingers look, that looked like they were broken. Have you ever seen that live? Seen what live? When somebody does that, when they're stiff like that? No, I've seen it twice. Soccer one time, but my buddy Mark, uh, he got hit playing hockey. We were playing hockey, and it was terrifying because he had his arms straight out in the oh, air. One of his gloves had flown off and it looked like all his fingers, like broken. it was a horror movie yeah. where they dislocate or something or like he's turning into a werewolf. Oh, and right, his, right, right. his eyes were rolling back. It was the craziest yeah. thing. Yeah. So the NFL's got a, 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 a black eye here. Did they let this kid back on the field too early? Did they not do it right in the protocol? Or was this one of those things that was fluke? I don't know. I don't know. Coming up next. Coming up! Why are some young men refusing to go back to work? Guys, what are we doing? Yeah. It's the Gatos and Chat Show. The Gatos Big Q Poll Question. Brought to you by your Valley Toyota dealers. All right. Time to go to KTAR.com. Take the Gatos Big Q Poll Question. Four out of five independents know who they are voting for in Arizona's governor's race. Four out of five already know. Uh, I ask which candidate will get the most votes from independents, Katie Hobbs or Carrie Lake? Right now, Carrie Lake, 61%. So it's you- interesting. So the call-ins were Hobbs. Yeah, let's explain that. Last two days on Five Spot, we've asked the same question to independents. So over two days, 10 phone calls. And they have to be independents to call in. Carrie Lake got one vote out of 10 calls. She was in third place. She was. was three or four said, nah, I'm sitting this one out. Right. Three or four said, I, no, I, I can't do it. And then the others, let's say, you know, what, maybe four? Yeah, it was five. I think it was five because she got, Hobbs got the most. So Hobbs got five votes. Lake got one. And, and then. It, uh, and not jumping into I'm, any I'm of it. I'm not going to vote got four. And most people who were voting for Hobbs, who were independents, they said almost the same thing. And, uh, and I'm not I'm not saying this to be mean. I'm, I'm taking what they said. I'm not voting for crazy. That's what they said. I'm not voting for someone who's delusional. That's what another caller said about Carrie Lake. So at least in the phone calls that we took, 10 calls over two days. But online, where online you're not being separate. judged, if you will, it's, right. it's you know, she's got a, a, a fairly... Sizable lead. I don't think Carrie Lake gets independent votes. She might win, but I don't think she's going to get independent votes. Um, 
I just don't. I think people are going to be like, I don't like Carrie Lake. Katie Hobbs, don't like her either, but I'm going to vote for her anyway. I think more people would sit it out than that because I still think the immigration issue is such a massive issue. And I think they look as crazy as you are here. You're just as crazy on something that that is important and is going on continuously. Mm. So I, I, you just don't know. Nope. You don't know. You could look at polls. A lot of people get the polls wrong. Uh, I think all we can expect is it's going to be a pretty close race. I expect 2,000 mules. Oh, gosh. Did you see that Abe Froman bring up 2,000 mules the other day <laughs> at the Froman. AG uh, thing? It's Abe Hamaday for those next score. What a joke. It's not the sausage king Goodness of gracious. New York yeah, or Chicago. Again. I'm an independent. I vote for a lot of Republicans. I vote for a lot of Democrats. But if you know, if you think that the election was stolen, I'm not voting for you. I'm not even. I'm not even getting near you. You're 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 dead to me. You're done. I'm not. I'm not just not doing it. I won't vote for crazy. I will not do it. But as I said before, Katie Hobbs. All right. What have you done to get my vote as an independent? Nothing. Nothing. Carrie Lake. You've done everything to make sure I won't vote for you. And you know. Good for you, because I'm not voting for you. But Katie Hobbs, you got a month. You don't figure out how to get me an independent? Isn't that the big question? I'm not voting if for you, you either. you have not decided yet, I don't know how many people out there have not decided. I haven't decided yet. What? Well, I've decided one that I've you're decided, not going to. <laughs> I've decided who I'm not going to vote for. But what? Could, how do they influence anybody, if you will, so, at this point in time? If you've not decided, if you're like you're hemming and hawing, you're like, you know what? I don't want anything to do with the 2020 election, and I'm just done with that. Uh, that being said, a vast majority of things I believe I'm totally against that Hobbs would like. So how do you juxtapose to do you know, the two? Might sit it out. Might have to sit it out. Yeah. I mean, that's where I am right now. That's where I am. You can write Chad and I'd be a pretty good okay. uh, mayor, governor, whatever it is we're running for. <laughs> Still to come, why are so uh, uh, many young men refusing to go back to work? Uh, plus, plus, Becky Lynn is ready for her 3.30 newscast. She's ready for the snark. We're going to hold it up and uh, interrupt in a nice way. React to the day's top stories. Uh, with a little snark. A little bit. Next. Arizona's news station. News station. KTAR, on air, 92.3 FM, online at KTAR.com, and streaming live on the KTAR News app, your breaking news and traffic, now. It's 3.30, and you know what that means. Time for us to hold up the headlines. Hold them up, baby. That's right. With a little snark. A little bit. Smidge. It's Friday. All right, Becky Lynn, you got the headlines. We'll hold them up. Here we go. All right, KTAR, eyes on education. The program that lets taxpayer dollars be used for private school tuition and other expenses is not going to be on the 2024 ballot. The Arizona Secretary of State's office confirms not enough signatures were collected to let voters decide if the Empowerment Scholarship Account Program is expanded to all K-12 students. Instead, a state law allowing the program to expand will go into effect. More than 12,000 applications have already been submitted for this expanded version of the ESA program, and parents have until October 15 to apply for the first round of funds that will be allocated. They can apply by visiting Visiting the Arizona Department of Education's website, Grisel DeSatino, KTAR News. Holding up the headlines. Becky Lynn reads the news while Gatos and Chad interrupt and react to the day's top stories. Uh, Ducey doesn't care about public schools. He doesn't care about paying teachers. What he does care about is giving more money to rich people because that's where this money is going to go these kids are already in in uh, private schools and they're going to get seven grand their parents are going to get seven grand uh to help pay for it 
Uh, by the way, if you were wondering, uh, what was it, 2018? We all, voted, ballot. we all voted against this. An expansion of what's already yeah. out there. We voted against this crap. Uh, and Ducey doesn't care because he's just going to do what he wants when he wants. And uh, I just think it's a, uh, it's just too bad it's not going to ha- end up on the ballot so we could vote the right way again. But we've got to, you know, again, we've got a governor who doesn't care about uh, your kid's education. He cares about your kid's education if, he's, if you're rich. And that's about it. But 12,000 people already applied for it. So I'm having a feeling that once people find out about it, we'll see what that looks like or if it's going to be the same thing, where it's just more people who are already in private schools are taking advantage of the seven grand. We're holding up the headlines. Still on education, Governor Ducey is allocating $15 million to the Arizona Teachers Academy this ah. year to help meet growing demand. The program provides scholarships to those who want to pursue a career in teaching. Fred Duvall with the Arizona Board of Regents estimates at least 500 students were on a wait list because there weren't enough funds to cover their tuition. NAU is going to eliminate its summer program. The other schools were prioritizing, I think, rationally. Those students who had already been admitted into the academy but not admitting any new students. He says this new funding will help eliminate the wait list and the cutbacks. We have more people teaching our kids who shouldn't be there. We well, do. now we got money to put it into people who do want to be there. Yeah, we've got we've got we've got people teaching our kids in Arizona who aren't even teachers. Because Ducey said, "Hey, listen, if you're hanging out on the sidewalk, I'll get you into a classroom." Well, I don't know if he said that, but uh, uh, I think it was a little bit. It's still maybe it's a little different. But the reality is, is <laughs> there's 15 million, but we still need to figure out. Everybody wants to pay the teachers. Nobody wants to pay the taxes to pay the teachers. We're holding up the headlines. The Drug Enforcement Agency trying to make a dent in the supply of fentanyl, seizing more than 10 million fake pills and 980 pounds of the deadly drug in a three and a half month span. KTAR's Colton Krolak is live in the news center now with more. The recent Drug Enforcement Agency surge is part of a nationwide one pill can kill initiative. DEA Phoenix Special Agent in charge Sherry Oz describes the danger. These pills are deadly. They have a lethal dose of of fentanyl in over 44% of the pills that we're seizing. Phoenix alone seized more than 8 million pills from May to September. Oz implores the public to be outraged and say no to these drugs. When we're talking about one pill can kill, we're talking about one pill one time, and you don't get a second chance. Reporting live in the News Center, Colton Krolak, KTAR News. You know what's scary about that? 44%. So think of this. If you are going out there and you're, you're going to a party and you buy 10 pills, you think, oh, God. Four of those things, in theory, have enough to kill you and your friends. Uh, I think uh, I think it's come to the point where it's like we got to show kids what happens when somebody takes fentanyl. Yeah, we have to actually show them what happens to a person who takes. A little that scared thing. straight. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and I mean, you really have to have the conversation with your kids because this this is killing people, and it's you know it's like it's like the story we told the other day of a kid in California thought she was buying uh, something for anxiety. And just bought it from a, from someone else at school. A Xanax killed her, laced with fentanyl. What you think you're buying isn't what you really want. Yep. What you think you're buying is uh, the last day of your life. We're holding up the headlines. Hurricane Ian, now a post-tropical cyclone after making its latest landfall today over South Carolina. The storm leaving a trail of destruction, and it isn't done yet. Hurricane Ian making landfall on South Carolina's coast near Georgetown, not far from Myrtle Beach Friday, barreling inland and toward mid-Atlantic states. National Weather Service Director Ken Graham on Ian's reach when it hit. It's not just that center point. It, it really is a, it's been a large storm um, for most 
most of it's a lifetime. It's the fourth time Ian has made landfall in the U.S., the most devastating Florida's southwest coast near Fort Myers, where Ian hit as a Category 4 hurricane. Search and rescues continue by air and boat in flooded areas. Michelle Franz and ABC News. It's going to be days, weeks, and months before they get back power to a lot of people, but uh, the scary thing is, 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 you know, we're still, we have no idea how many people are missing or dead, uh, and what's going to happen in South Carolina is it's going to drench them like they could not believe over the next couple of days. And they're getting ready to feel not the winds, but the massive amount of water the sinks brought with it. Yeah. And, you know, um, the aftermath of what took place, I think we're really going to be able to see it. I know this sounds weird on Sunday night football because they will play the game in Tampa Bay. Yeah. Right. Yep. So you got a lot of football fans are going to watch this Can- Tampa, Kansas City, but they're going to they're going to show you. What happened? I mean, it's they're going to see how many people show up at the game. Yeah, no, it's true. Um, but they're also, you know, the, the NBC is going to show you some of the disaster oh. around there. Yeah. And I'm sure they're going to put phone numbers up and ways you can text uh, to help. To help. Um, so, you know, a few days outside of the storm now, we're probably going to really get a good, you know, uh, a, a good sense of as of everything's happened. pulled back and the water's dried out. Yeah. Holding up the headlines. This summer's monsoon was much needed with 98% of the state in drought three months ago. James Sautel with the National Weather Service says that has now been sliced to 57%. Certainly for the short term, uh, the monsoon rainfall that we've attained has been very beneficial for the area. And thanks to the persistent monsoon moisture, Phoenix only saw one day of 115 degree heat this summer, and that rarely happens. Monsoon ends today. Say that again. We only had one day of 115 degree heat. Yeah. The entire summer. What? How awesome was that? One day of 115? So does it mean it didn't get over 115? Right. Yeah. We didn't get over 115 at all all this summer. And he even told the day, July 11th is what That's he said. That's incredible. And we, had, we had a lot of days that were 105, 106. Yeah. Yeah, we had, and there were times when the monsoons would come. And I sent a couple pictures. It's August. And it's like, it's 75 out here. It's insane. Wow. One day at 115. Yeah. That's crazy. I, I mean, it was I'll a great summer. Heck I'll yeah. take that. Well, remember the last time, oh. Becky Lynn? I don't remember the last time mm. that happened. No, I don't. Because you get, you get those weeks where it doesn't go under 100 overnight. And then... You know, your body is just like, this is crazy. Mm-hmm. This is crazy. We're holding up the headlines. Well, it won't make you a millionaire, but there is a local lottery you might be able to win. Starting tomorrow, you can enter a ticket lottery for a chance to tour Tovery Castle. Now, that's that iconic wedding cake castle that's located near the 202 in Van Buren. You drive by it all the time. You know you do. The historic dwelling is reopening for tours, but tickets are only available through an online ticket lottery, and it starts tomorrow and runs through October 15th. If you want to enter for a chance to tour the castle, go to toverycastletours.com. That's spelled T-O-V-E-R-A, castletours.com, or you can go to ktar.com for more. I got nothing. I'm, uh, I've been on a tour of Tovery Castle. Well, tell us about it. <laughs> I'm, I'm Googling what, it now. What happens at the Tovery Castle? Well, you'll go, uh, you can't go all the way to the top. I will tell you that. Well, then well, why, am why am I going? Well, the reason you can't go all the way at the top, <laughs> I learned this. There are no emergency exits up there. So what? Well, it's now a historic place, and they have the public in. You get to go. There's all kinds of interesting things that are yeah. still in there. But surprisingly, it's not nearly as big as you're going to think it is. You're yeah. going to get in there and go, this is it? I'm looking at it online eh. i'm telling you this eh. this lottery nah. it's like it's hard to get a ticket that's how many people want to tour it 
I seriously. I don't think that's it. I, really, people really want to go tour this thing? The, they have been having the lotteries for the tours for some years now. They do it twice a year. So twice bored. a year. Who, who are the people yeah. that are lottery mm-hmm. wanters and winners? People in the valley or tourists. I don't know, but I'm telling you. I'm a hard no. I, I have entered it and not gotten a ticket. The only way I got a ticket was somebody else I know entered, got four, and asked if I would want one of them. And lovely, I did. Lovely. Well, you guys make it sound like it's yeah. Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory. It might be. Except for the you, part where there's no Willy and Wonka or there, chocolate. Is there food there? Can we eat or no? no? no. So just lo- walk around. Not even it's a- just to enrich... Your mind. Yeah. yeah no, I'll I read about that. Yeah, I didn't figure you'd like uh, to do that. That'll do it for holding up the headlines every day at 3.30. Becky Lynn reads the news. Gatos and Chad, we interrupt, react, and uh, throw a little snark in there. Okay, up next, why are some young men refusing to go back to work? Are they just lazy? Yeah, something. Okay, we'll talk about it in a second. Arizona's news station, KTAR News, 92.3 FM. Serious news. Seriously entertaining. The Gatos and Chad Show. Uh, Chad, uh, gas prices have surged more than 60 cents in the Phoenix area over the past I have heard. In a week. In a week. Still blaming California. So, wise man, what was the gas price? What was it? Four in Maricopa County? It was what? Or somewhere in Phoenix. Phoenix, I think it was 490. (laughs) Four ninety. All right, we're going to talk gas prices uh, next hour. Plus, we've got midterm mayhem. Mayhem. It is uh, the madness, the mayhem that is the twenty twenty two midterm election. Uh, every day we do that at four oh five. We're going to ask and try and figure out who will get the independent vote, Hobbs or Lake. And if one of them gets the independent vote, guess what? They're going to be governor. Yeah. All right, stick around for that. Uh, this is you know you, you hear story like what's a big story? What's this? This right here is a huge story because uh, you can't build a country, keep it alive, without people working and putting into it. And this is scary. So uh, Nicholas uh, Eberstadt, he is uh, at the American Enterprise Institute. He wrote a book uh, several years ago called Men Without Work. Post-pandemic edition is out now. The reason it was called Men Without Work. And men have stopped working. And by that I mean... 18 to 60, I mean, 18 to 54, 25 to 50 world. So these are regular guys and gals. What, what age are we gals doing? Because the gals are starting to follow the men now. What age are we for men? 25 to 54. They okay. call that the prime age. Okay. And this is how scary this is. And it is frightening. Uh, 86% of men reported, uh, so, you know, only a little bit of labor during the August last, you know, the last prime uh, unemployment rate. 11% of the labor force, men, have dropped out completely. 2554. Yeah. So, where they're, where they're not working, but they're looking for a gig. So, they're, but 25% overall do not have a gig, meaning for every one person that is unemployed that's a male that's looking at least and having unemployment, four of them are not working or looking for a job. It's not hard to find a job right now. No. How bad is it? Let's just put it this way in the Great Depression, uh, Men, 15% of men at the end were still unemployed. It's 25% of men now, 25, 54. So what do you think's going on? It's a good question. What's happening with men? Anybody got a guess? I, I, I think if you want to put your finger on it, it's, it's a lot of things. First of all, I think we rule the gig economy's real. So which is, sure. you know, you're making some money here and there and you survive. But a lot of it is men just are 
they've just dropped out. Where's the passion? There it is. You know, where's the sense of, I want to get married, I want to have children, and right I want to be able to one thing provide? That, number one thing is men have no responsibility anymore. Oof. They're not getting married like they used to. Right. They don't have children. Nobody depends on them, and they're okay with that. So what, did, did, did mommy just coddle you? And is that, is, do we blame their parents? Or, I mean, what do we do? I, that's, you know, I mean, well, the, well, the thing is, at what point does it become a real issue right. uh, for us as a nation? Because for those of you not keeping score, we're aging as a nation. We're not replenishing as a nation. So if we don't do that, we're going to have too many people who are not working and little people that are working are paying for everybody. And you can't have that. See, Grease, Becky. I was just going to question, do you think that... I think when we were growing up, we were, you know, told this is your dream. You want to own your own house. You want to do this. You want to be this in business or you want to have a great family. So we had things that we aspired to. Do you think that now people have decided I can't aspire to those things? They will. They are never going to be attainable. So I am perfectly happy with just enough to get by. Yeah, I think there's a lot of that. I do. I think, you know, I'm never going to own a house or never. But the sad thing is, is none of that. Owning a house and all those things, I, I think the dream has changed for a lot of people. The you know, American dream has changed. Because owning a house, a lot of younger people, they don't really care if they own a house. It used to be something big. But maybe they have no dream at all anymore. That's exactly it. They don't have a dream. Their dream is to just, just do whatever by. makes their heart sing. You know, like, I don't like this job, so I don't want to do this job. That's the other thing. We've allowed that. You know, too many people are, it's not a big deal if I move from job to job. Yeah, I don't know. But I don't know. responsibility, man. Yeah, I don't know where the passion is to do something big. Like when you're young, you want to. I always want. Let's do something big. We did. Yeah, yeah I but maybe was. that's gone. Well, maybe they got to get that fire back in their belly. But how do you do that? I don't know. We've you, got a lot we of men. Can't do it for them. Twenty-five to fifty-four. They're like, eh, maybe I'll work. Maybe I won't. Yeah. All of us had dreams, and here we are on radio. That's right. Midterm mayhem is coming up next. <laughs>